Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Maria Casillas. Maria, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really well today. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Awesome. Awesome. So today is going to be a pretty exciting episode for a few reasons. Uh, First and foremost, I don't know if you know this or not, Maria, but this is actually our 100th episode that we are recording right here right now. So I let's give do it up. know. <laughs> yes, you know I've been so, keeping an yes, eye on it. A lot of fun. A lot great of fun. Milestone. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great journey uh, these last hundred episodes. And, you know, we appreciate you guys checking in every week. You know, there's some of you that we call every weekers. So thank you guys <laughs> for doing that. And uh, just being a part of the community and, um, you know, being here, learning, making an impact, all that kind of stuff. So we're excited to celebrate with you guys today in those regards. And another reason as to why this is a very special episode is because to celebrate with us on our 100th episode, we have a very special guest. And that special guest is a New York Times best-selling author and financial coaching extraordinaire, Mr. <laughs> coach Chris Hogan. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, my friend. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you all. And congratulations. I'm honored to be with you on your 100th recording. Thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, it means a lot that you're here today. And, you know, we uh, we really appreciate it. We know that you're a busy man. You know, you got a lot going on. Uh, so for you to take some time to carve out of your schedule to meet with us today, man, it means the world to us. And I know that it means a lot to our listeners, too. So, Well, thanks, you. I'm honored. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Chris... Why don't you, uh, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people who are like, what, Chris Hogan? There's probably some <laughs> other people that are like, who is that guy? You know, so, so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started and also, you know, what you're kind of doing now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm a former banker. Uh, so started off in the banking world and, and uh, really got a chance. Actually started off in consumer finance, uh, which is a little bit lower than banking. <laughs> uh, but we've gone up to the banking world. And uh, from there, uh, once I got my master's degree and moved into the banking side of things, uh, later moved on into the mortgage side and the investing side and really found that I love people. And being a former athlete, uh, former football player, wrestler and all of that, I understand the value of coaching. And so, you know, coaches make an impact on people's lives. And mm-hmm. and so for me, being able to take that financial background and kind of merge it with coaching, it really opened my eyes to the impact that we can have on other people in their lives. And so moving along in the financial world, um, spent 15 years with Ramsey Solutions on the radio and coaching people, training financial coaches, training leaders and business owners all across the country. Uh, and then in 2021, launched my own consulting and coaching business. Um, people can find out more about that at coachhogan.com. Uh, but then most recently, I've also launched a new company called Calix Coaching. And so this is where we're, again, just uh, trying to impact and help people. 
I primarily work with uh, high-level individuals, uh, pro athletes, entertainers, musicians, and things of that nature, but I also work with everyday people. So I'm still working to impact people and to help change the trajectory of their lives. Mm. I love that. I love your I love your focus on people, yes. not just on on actual numbers and figuring out you know what, just all this stuff. It's I love that that focus on people. You know, you mentioned that you were in the banking system and then that you went to got a degree and then you applied what you know now to what you're doing. My curiosity, I was reading your book recently and I saw that you had mentioned counseling and and coaching and you use those two words and I'm wondering, Chris, do you use those words interchangeably or is there a distinction for you? And there's a very specific reason why I'm asking, but I want to hear your answer first. Well, that's a great question. And timeline wise, let me correct myself. So after going to undergrad, I went straight on and I was actually a full time athletic coach while I was getting my master's. So I was coaching other men, young men that were older than me, uh, but I was still guiding them. But you ask about the counseling and the coaching. And Mm -hmm. I, 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 I say it this way. I prefer to utilize the the coaching side with what I do. Um, as opposed to the counseling side. And I just think that there's a, uh, you know, understanding the semantic differences between the two words. I think counseling is more of the listening um, and advising where coaching is more active. Coaching is locking arms with people and walking them with them through a situation or giving them information and watching them do it and giving them some guidance. So I prefer the word coaching uh, mm-hmm. just because it feels more active to me. That's a really great distinction. I appreciate that. So the reason I promise I'd tell you why I'm asking, uh, I have a degree in counseling and oh. that came and that came prior to anything that I'm doing with coaching. And right. so I learned how to actively listen and actually do all the things that you just mentioned. Um, and when I, when I started coaching, I actually brought a lot of that skill set into yeah. the mix and found that that's actually something that a lot of coaches were missing out on is the ability to listen actively and not just jump in with advice. What I have found has been really important is that we use that, I'm just going to say active listening, towards the beginning of our relationship with people so we can really get an understanding of what it is that they want, who they really are, who they want to become, so that when it's time to move into that coaching realm, we're able to guide them in the direction that they actually want to go. So Mm -hmm. it's been a really great marriage between the two types of skill sets. I love how you distinguish it. I appreciate you letting us know and the listeners know what the distinction is. Uh, But I was just curious since I saw that in the book, I'm like, I don't see many coaches using the word counseling. So thank you. Well, Maria, I wish you'd have told me you had a degree in counseling. You set me up. I Uh, did not. (laughs) You said. (laughs) out there. Uh, you know what? Another thing that I found, and, and you can speak to this better than I can, I think in our society today, we have this Western culture mindset of pull your bootstraps up and go it alone. Mm-hmm. And that might have worked back in the Western days, but it doesn't work now. Life mm-hmm. is complicated. Things are, mm-hmm. and, and the, to me, the greatest sign of strength is to raise your hand and ask for some help, to ask yeah. for guidance. But unfortunately, the word counseling has a stigma around it, which it shouldn't have, because it's also about helping people get better, to feel understood and to be guided. And so, you know, I hope we can keep breaking down barriers and getting more people to raise their hand to say, you know what, 
I'm in over my head here or I need some help. To me, mm-hmm. that's a great sign of strength. It is a great sign of strength. And there's also room, obviously, for coaching as well. So it was, I hope it, I didn't try to set you up. I, I don't actually call myself a counselor anymore. I actually call myself a coach for a lot of the same reasons that you do. It's just that I use some of those skills that I learned back then. And actually, one of the things that we here at New Money Habits pass along to our coaches is teaching them some of those active listening skills and how to how to really understand what people are thinking and, and feeling and how that actually connects to how they spend their money. So I don't think that's anything that's new to you, having been doing what you've been doing for so long so no it's very very true uh those feelings and those internal things can manifest themselves in so many different ways yes and so for people to really slow down and gear down to understand how do you do that uh one of the things i've found and i've been digging into and studying is how people relate with money right Mm -hmm. like for me Mm -hmm. i'm a celebratory spender right That means if something good happens, I like to celebrate and go do a little something, whether that's, you know, taking my boys out to dinner or do something small. I'm celebratory, but I've also found that there are people who are sad spenders and they get sad or they're upset. They want to buy some things. There are people who are bored spenders, right? And nowadays, uh, back in the old days, Maria and Cody, you're too young for this, so I'm going to tell you, back in my day, (laughs) You have to go to the mall to buy some stuff, right? That's what you did. You got in your car and you drove, right? Now, the mall is on in every one of our homes. We have the ability to shop with the click of some buttons, right? And so Mm -hmm. all the more reason to understand yourself and understand your tendencies so you can put some controls in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yeah the, the relationship with money is a massive, massive thing. That's something that I've learned um, as I've kind of matured as a coach. Uh, you know, early on in my coaching, I wasn't even thinking about that. But then as you start working with more people, you're like, you start seeing patterns, you know, like you mentioned, like the board spenders, the, the depressed spenders, the emotional right. spenders, the celebratory spenders, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, wait a second, there's something here, you know, and, and to be able to dive into with people and really understand how they operate and what their triggers are, it can really help them set up to be, you know, as best as they can be to channel those, those spending habits and make it something that's serving them versus, you know, something that might not be serving them, which is why they're here in the first place, you know? So, um, I want to go back to something actually, Chris, uh, when you were talking about what you're doing now, um, you know, regarding like working with athletes and, you know, musicians and businesses and stuff like that. I want to get into that. I want to learn more about that in just a second here. But one thing that really stood out to me was that you said that you're doing all that kind of stuff. You're working with all of those types of people. However, you're still working with the everyday person as well. Absolutely. And I think that that's really cool. Um, and I want to dig into that first before we get into, you know, those types of people and what you're doing now. Um, because I think that there's a lot of listeners on here that have, you know, aspirations to start their coaching business, or maybe there's listeners who have their coaching business up and running and it's going fairly well, and they want to get to that level where they're working with those higher profile people, right? Um, But what I love about you is that you're like, hey, like, I'm still Sally and Joe's best friend next door. You know, like I can help them too. And I think that's really cool. So my question for you, Chris, is, what calls you to continue to help those 
everyday people, um, even if you're working with some higher profile people or businesses yeah. as of right now? Well, that's a good question, Cody. And at the end of the day, we're all everyday people. Mm. We all have different skill sets. You know, yeah. that high end musician just has a talent to sing and to play the guitar. Two things I can't do, right? <laughs> uh, that basketball player, that football player, we're all everyday people. We just have different yeah. skills. Uh, and the reality is, is that for me, um, I know the value uh, of being able to get guidance from someone that cares. I have had the remarkable ability to work with some incredible coaches throughout my life. And I'm talking about starting with my mom. I'm talking about my grandparents, my uncles, my teachers, and my actual athletic coaches. These were all people that poured into me. They saw more in me than maybe I saw in myself at that time. But they were wanting me to get better, right? And so being the recipient of that, it's just it's mind boggling to see what I've been able to achieve along with the help of all of these people that poured into me. And so all I want to do is to be able to pass that forward. Um, you know, as a coach, my job is to help people see better for themselves and then do better, right? See better and do better. What I can't do is I can't do it for them and I can't make them do it. So I want to dig in and find out what it is they want and then point them in the direction of how to help them get there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's, yes. it's very clear. I mean, like we, we, we've been aware of you for a while. So like, you know, I think that we kind of know, you know, that your heart's in the right place with what you're doing and why you're doing it for people. But I think that's worth noting is that like, there's this thing about coaches in general, doesn't matter what kind of coach but we all have huge hearts for people, you know, and mm -hmm. especially with money, money is a crazy thing. You know, there's that old saying that money isn't everything, but man, I'm here to tell you that money isn't everything, but it sure does affect everything and everything mm -hmm. affects your money too. So if you can yeah. be a coach for that one thing that affects all other things and really be the, the people's coach, um, mm -hmm. that is what I think is what creates a really successful but also impactful financial coach and i love that oh, you just said that it doesn't matter who you are you know you're you're there and and you matter and you know we're here for you as well i think yeah, that's awesome no you're absolutely right and i, I want to say something because those coaches out there that want to work with those higher profile people i want those coaches to hear me you have the skill set to be able to guide that individual they may make more than you they may make a whole lot more than you, but the bottom line is, is they're not good at dealing with it. Okay. So people mm -hmm. can make it and not know how to save it, how to invest it, how to utilize it. And so I want you to gain the confidence in yourself that you can guide that individual. And that could be a pro athlete. It could be an entertainer or it could be a doctor or an attorney. Uh, it doesn't matter. You have information that these people need. And it's a lot like us going to a doctor's office. You know, when you go to a specialist or a doctor, they're going to do the height, weight, look in your ear and do all this stuff because they're trying to get the information to find out what's going well and what's not. And if we as coaches can have that same kind of spirit and hold ourselves to that level of professionalism with how we relate with and deal with clients, you will set the table to be able to impart the information you have to that individual. 
Yeah. And going along with your doctor analogy, not only are they trying to gather the information, but they're looking for things that you are not yet aware of as the patient, right? So they'll ask you, you know, how are you feeling about this and that? But they might also take stool samples. They might take blood samples. They're going to find out what is your body telling them that might be wrong that your mind yet doesn't know. And we as coaches need to be able to do the same thing. We need to be able to take a peek in, be that third set of eyes for them to say, okay, I'm seeing this, this, and this happening right now. And it's something that's not that their budget or their finances or their results or lack thereof are telling us as professionals that they're just not aware of because they that's don't right. feel it yet. It doesn't mean they won't be later, but it that's just doesn't right. hurt enough yet <laughs> for no, them to, to go, right. right? That is absolutely right. And it's so important to be able to have that conversation. And as you mentioned earlier, the active listening. As a coach, I can tell you all, there have been so many times that I've been listening so close to what people are saying, I'm able to hear what they're not saying. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Let me say that again, because it sounds weird. But when you're listening so close to what people are saying, you can hear what they're not saying. And oftentimes those will point to some pain points. And so it's really good to be a professional question asker, yes. uh, to be able to connect with people and to really talk with them. Uh, and really understand what it is they want, but also why they want it, right? Finding out that why is the linchpin to getting them to help get on the right path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, that's one of the things that uh, Cody and I talk about extensively on this show is figuring out that why. Uh, yeah. But I want to say that a lot of times I think that why we start, we start on a very surface level with that. We say, well, I'm doing it because, you know, I want to make an impact or I want to make extra yeah. money or whatever, whatever those platitudes are that are out there. And one of the things that I've discovered is that it, it actually took me a long time to figure out why it is that I do the things in my life in general. And when I was able to do that, though, it added a sense of purpose to all of the things that I do, not just why do I want my coaching business to take off or why do I want, you know, my, my finances to look a certain way. And so we talk a lot about how we want to peel back those layers and not just sit on those platitudes, but really get to the heart. And for a lot of people that that's really difficult because it becomes vulnerable. They start to realize one of two things, either they are getting to that vulnerable spot and they're not comfortable sharing it, or they've never gone that deep before and they're not comfortable doing that for themselves. <laughs> so it, it is very uh, interesting, I think, um, just exercise for people to go through and, and try to figure out what that is for them. Yeah, I, I actually Very did good. that exercise today with the client. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, why do you want to pay off this debt and, you know, have money in the bank and start investing, you know? And the first thing he said was, I just don't want to have to worry about money. And I was like, okay, um, let's keep going. You know, <laughs> like, let's see what's actually behind that. And by the end of it, you know, he basically expanded on like this huge story about how he grew up and how like they were poor and they got taken advantage of a lot. And, you know, all of that experience really rooted back to he just had some insecurities about his own self-worth. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it, really his why for wanting to do these things with his money is that he wanted to feel confident. You know, he mm -hmm. wanted to feel confident in himself and to grow into that best version of him so that he can actually go back and give back to the people that he loves most that lifted him up when he needed it most when he was right. growing up. And something like that, that is way more powerful than 
I just don't want to worry about money. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. No, you're <laughs> right. And helping him to find that, um, as, as emotional as, as that can be at times, but that, that finding that deep rooted why is the, is, is the motivation that can, you know, can help people get over some humps or to be okay being uncomfortable for just a little while. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know what's on the other side. So that's, that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and just a quick little side note. Uh, I may have missed something, but Maria, you were talking about the doctors, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> you had said something about stool samples. Am I missing something? Are we supposed to be taking stool samples? Well, you're not supposed to be taking stool samples, but doctors will. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, maybe I've been doing this wrong the whole time. No. No. Nope. I mean, this can this can be a dirty job sometimes, but yeah, not quite that dirty. It can be. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I would love to know if it, if I can just switch directions just a little bit, and and this is not to go into a negative direction. Actually, it's a very empowering direction. I think for a lot of our listeners. But Chris, you've been doing this for a lot longer than Cody and I combined, and I will say I'm probably older than you think because I too had to go to the mall more often than, than you would imagine. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm curious to know what is one significant hurdle that you've had to get over in your coaching practice and what lesson did you learn from that? Boy, oh boy. Um, the significant hurdle that I had to get over early on after failing miserably was I, I wanted it so bad for clients, uh, but some of them didn't want it as bad. And so what I had to do was I had to deal with not knowing the end result, meaning I may not, everybody's not going to cross the finish line in that same race. Some people it's going to, they're going to wait maybe 30 days post the appointment to get serious, or it might be six months down the road. I don't have control over the results. All I have control over is the information. And that was probably the biggest thing for me to wrestle with. And then I understood where for me, my coaching became almost like a tennis match. Uh, I grew up across the street from a tennis court. So I've been playing tennis a long time. And so, but when, as a coach, I can hit the ball over in their court, but they have to hit it back. And Mm -hmm. so there are some things that they have to do. And so what I was able to do was to realize that and get over the hump. And it was actually able to help me get, make people, help people to see the importance so they could take steps sooner. But yeah, not having control over the results was something I really wrestled with early on. Yeah. And I'll even tack something onto that. I think a lot of our coaches tend to not just feel like they could have control over it, but then they take responsibility for it when something goes wrong. Right. Yep. And that is a big, big no, no, mm-hmm. because that they have to, your client has to keep the weight of the situation and the, and the opportunity on them. As a right. coach, your job is to deliver the information and to guide them on the know-how. But at the end of the day, they have to play the game at their speed. And that's a hard lesson, but you know, we all as coaches have gone over and above and beyond with a client and that client, you know, never did what they needed to do. We chalk that up as a learning lesson and understand 
And so I set the tone early with people when I coach them. I let them know, number one, I'm not babysitting. Number two, I can't do it for you. And number three, I can't want it more than you have to want it for yourself. And so being able to set the table helps people to understand that, oh, this guy is going to give me information and hold me accountable to get me to where I said I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of that, I also make sure that my clients know I'm not taking credit for all of your wins. That's right. Right. So yeah. if we, if we have to be able to play it both ways. <laughs> so, yeah. That's yep. so true. Yep. That's yeah. so true. Uh, but that, but wrestling with those two things will keep you centered as a coach and allow you to keep the focus where it needs to be uh, and the guidance where it ought to be. And, and that mm-hmm. will help you become a very, very successful coach. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, Chris, I, I, I a hundred percent feel you with, with what you, everything that you just said. Um, when I first started my coaching practice, you know, I was a newer coach and, you know, I didn't have all my systems and know how all dialed in, you know, I was kind of figuring out as I was going. Um, but I knew that I had a certain skill set. I knew that I had knowledge and I knew that I wanted to share it with people. And, you know, there's a handful of those earlier on clients that, kind of were in that same boat to where I really wanted it more than they did, you know, especially being a new coach, like you just really, you're like, you're so hungry for that kind of thing, you know, and you want it so bad. And it got to a point to where I think I was like two or three months into coaching and uh, not all of the clients that I had, you know, I had like maybe a handful, like maybe four or five, but probably like half of them, half of them were not quote unquote, getting the results, as I would say in that moment. Right. And I really questioned if I was even a good coach, Mm. you know, a lot of self doubt started to set in and I'm, I'm really, really glad that I kept going and that I didn't just throw in the towel and just say, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I'd be or anything like that. Uh, but that was a lesson that I learned very early on. And I do the same thing that you do uh, now with my clients. I tell them all the time. I'm like, listen, when we first start, when we first start coaching, I want you to understand something. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to have a lot of new tools. We're going to have a lot of deeper, deeper conversations. But at the end of the day, this is always has been and always will be a you versus you kind of battle. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. no one is going to be your savior. No one's going to lift you up. It has to be on you. And, you know, it's the same thing. Like if, if you're going to slide down, that's on you as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really, really important to set that tone with your clients mm-hmm. um, and to make sure that they understand like that is the expectation that we're not saviors. We're there to guide you, you know, like Perfect. they're Luke Skywalker. We are Yoda, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. The job as a coach is to guide, you know, and um, be able to help them, you know, not judge, but really guide. And me coming from the athletic world, I've had some hardcore coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm able to do now is, is I'm able to understand the client well enough to understand how to approach them to get the most out of them. Right. Um, And especially when you're dealing with husbands and wives um, or you're Mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, um, you know, a, a business, you know, if you're, you're walking through with people, but you know, you're right. It is a matter of guiding them and helping them get to where they said they wanted to go. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris, I actually have another question. I was thinking about this uh, when we were speaking earlier, and um, I think that the listeners would really, really benefit from this. You know, we have a lot of different types of coaches that listen to the show. Like I said earlier, like there's people who are just getting started. There's people who have been doing it and they're looking to grow their business um, and their practice. Um, so I'm curious with those two different types of coaches with where they're at on their journey, what's like, what's like one or two nuggets of advice or, you know, wisdom, uh, that you can bestow upon these people about coaching, you know, like what's that one thing that you're like, Hey, like for these new coaches, just know this, if you know this, you'll be good. And for those coaches that are a little bit more established and they're looking to grow, just know that, right? Oh, Do you have okay. anything to share with that? Well, I would say for the new coaches that are looking to, to start out, um, I would tell them, don't try to teach someone everything that you know. Um, mm. It's not about you. It's about the client. And Ooh. too often times, people will try to dive in and fix the budget and all that. And you, you're, you're moving too fast. So take the time to really connect with people. Take the time to ask them, become skillful with your questions, um, especially open-ended questions where you can get to know the client because mm-hmm. the more that they trust you, the more they can open up and share with you. Uh, but don't teach them everything. And I'm saying this not from a judgmental way because I was the village idiot who <laughs> tried to do this who went over by 45 minutes of my first appointment because I was trying to share with them all that I knew in a two hour time frame, right? Well, right. just remember, it's not about you. It's about the client. So that's what I would tell new coaches for existing coaches that are looking to expand their business. What I would say is, is really understand your market and understand the need for what type of coaching is available. Meaning, You have an opportunity. There are so many options out there for coaching, whether you're dealing with family offices, whether you're dealing with a a family, a generational business, uh, whether you're dealing with, you know, you have so many options out there. So I would tell those existing coaches, understand your market and the opportunity to to diversify and grow your business. But at the same time, stop being shy about what you can do. Stop being shy about how you can help people. Be bold. Be 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 mm. out there uh, and let people know the results that are possible. Never, ever, ever allow critics' math to get in the way of your progress. And what I mean by that is I remember my first book, Retire Inspired. I released that in 2016. And I had 4,000 five-star reviews on Amazon, right? But there was mm-hmm. one no star or one star. The guy said that it was the worst book on retirement he'd ever read, uh, blah, 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 all this negative stuff. Now, there were 4,000 five-plus star reviews. So what what did I focus on? Did I focus on the 4,000 or did I focus on the one? Well, we all know that story. I focused on the one, right? Because it bothered me because I cared about what I was talking about and my goal was to help people. So all of that to say, you're going to run into some village idiots. You're going to run into some people that are just crazy. I mean, they really are. 2% of our population is absolutely crazy. So never allow that crazy to get in the way of your opportunity to help people. 
So get thicker skin is what I would tell those existing people out there. Be be bold, be courageous, uh, and look for ways to diversify. Mm. So yeah. much good stuff in there. There's a couple bombs that you dropped. One yep. was don't make it about you. It's about yeah. the client. That's why yeah. I was like, oh, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff, right? And then, uh, you know, you talked about being bold and the word that just kept going through my head over and over and over, which you finally said it, which I'm so glad that you did, was the word courageous, you know, yes. because as you're leveling up, you know, I, I always say like with every new level, there's a new, there's a new devil, right? And as you're leveling up, you have to face that and you have to yeah. have that courage and you have to be able to stretch that comfort zone a little bit. And that can be scary. It can be oh, scary. It, it most um, definitely can. A friend yeah. of mine is a firefighter, and I'll never forget to ask him. I go, what makes you run into a burning building? I said, I got to know. And he <laughs> said, there's somebody in there. There might be someone in there that needs help. And he said, I know how to handle it. It's, it's freaking everybody else out, but I've been trained. And so I know how to go in with my team to search that house to see if anybody in there needs help. And oftentimes for us as coaches, we are going into some fiery situations. You yeah. can have a couple that's got tension, right? You could have a situation that's really hard and really tough. But at the end of the day, you still have the training. You still know the roadmap. You know the process. And so just know the process, follow the process, and definitely make it about the client every step of the way. I would rather you spend an hour talking with them about what's on their heart and not getting to the budget in that first meeting, but connecting with them on a level that trust is now being shared between the two of you. That trust will open the door for you to get to the budget. You know, you can get there eventually. So don't rush. Don't skip connecting with clients because that's that's where you really get to know what drives people. See, you really are a counselor at heart. The only thing you've you'd put so many amazing mic drops on there that I, I really feel almost sheepish adding anything. But it, the one thing I would add is that it sounds like you also need to know who you are. You need to know what sprinkle I'm going to use that really sophisticated term what you what sprinkle you bring to the table because there are so many coaches out there and there are so many uh, different ways to do things but if you can hone in on who you are who you work super well with you become who that firefighter yeah. is you know yes. you know what your skill set is and you know who you're able to go and help to change or to rescue etc uh, so that's the only thing i would add to that I, I love all of the things that you said no maria i think you hit on probably the most important when you're out there you know cody you had an opportunity to attend a training with me years ago right mm -hmm. and you heard me and my bombastic style and my process and you left out of there and you probably tried to do some things that i was doing but what mm -hmm. happened was, is that you became Cody. You're coaching yeah. in Cody's style. Maria's coaching in her style. I coach in my style. So I want to give all of your coaches out there this. Imitation is flattering. But at the end of the day, it's so much easier for you to be authentically you. Be authentically <laughs> you as a coach. You don't have to be as loud and as bold as I might be or Maria or Cody. But be you. 
And that's where your client is going to have an opportunity to see you, get to know you, and trust you. So just be yourself. It's so much easier to stay in character when you're being you. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely to all of that. Uh, so speaking of who's, I would love to sh throw this out at you if I may. I don't know if you're aware of this, but here at New Many Habits, we have uh, it's we have a community that's an amazing community. We have this thing called Coaches Plus, and they not only do we include a community, but we also have a book study. And that book study is a little bit different than a club. We like to actually have community around it, figure out how do we implement the things that we're reading. Maybe there are some things that we're like, well, that was dumb. We don't want to implement that. So it's not like everything's awesome. But one of the things that we're reading right now is called Who Not How. And it's by, here's one thing I love about it. It's technically, it says it's authored by Dan Sullivan, but Dan Sullivan did not write one word in this book. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It that says is. it's authored by Dan Sullivan with Benjamin Hardy. But as you start to read the intro to the book, Benjamin Hardy basically admits that he's the one writing the whole book, <laughs> but he is Dan Sullivan's who. So the premise of this book, Chris, is that we as entrepreneurs oftentimes will try to figure out how do we get to this next step? What process do we need to do for this next thing? What job do we need to go to get to make extra money? And what they're saying is, you know what, if we stop asking the question how and start asking the question who? Who do we know that can help us in this area? Who do we know that already does these things? And when we actually start to take a step back, we realize that we all have a bunch of who's in our lives. Uh, yes. You know, the mailman brings us the mail. And if we didn't have the mail carrier bringing that mail to us, we wouldn't have the mail. So it, it can be something as simple as that, or it can be as incredible as I have this mom who was the who in my life, who taught me all of these things, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious, and I'm sure that now our audience really wants to know who are some who's in your life right now? Oh, wow. There are so many. <laughs> um, I have been blessed and fortunate to be connected with some incredible people uh, throughout my life. And, um, you know, some of them have, are, are now gone. They're no longer with me. Uh, but, you know, I'll start first and foremost with some family, uh, mm -hmm. people who were amazing. Uh, who took the time to really help me understand the heart. And I say that, uh, my grandmother, uh, my grandmother was an amazing woman. Um, she was always, her home was always open to friends coming over. I thought they were just coming over to hang out. It turns out she was a counselor and a coach. Uh, she was helping people in life uh, and guiding. My uncles were always bringing friends home from college to come stay at the house, and she would always make space. So I learned hospitality from her. Mm -hmm. I learned the importance of being kind and guiding people, uh, which is amazing. Um, and so you're right. Those people that are that are around you, and and so many professionals from John Maxwell, Henry Cloud. Uh, you know, uh, Simon Sinek, some people I've had a chance to really spend time with and really get to know who are incredible, uh, in their own right. Uh, but it's amazing to see, but you're right. It is about who it is about nurturing those relationships and having that, the ability to be able to reach out. And I think the best way to grow that is to become that. Let mm -hmm. me say it again. The best mm -hmm. way to grow that is to become that. Meaning right now where you are in your circle, in your little network, look for ways to connect people. Look for ways to be able to guide people to others. 
Um, and it's just, it's an amazing feeling. Uh, just in the last three months, I've connected four people who have started businesses that are probably valuations over $10 million each, right? Just helping people. I didn't require anything in that. Uh, I just made a connection and got out of the way. And so we've got an incredible opportunity, but we've got to learn how to network intentionally. We've mm-hmm. got to learn. Uh, I'll go on a quick diatribe here. I say that there are four people that we got to, four types of people we need to have in our lives. We all need coaches and those coaches could be a financial coach. It could be a spiritual coach. It could be a, a counselor. Uh, these are people that can guide you. So we all need coaches, but you also need mentors. You need people that can guide you. People who've been through some stuff. Right. They've got some battle wounds and scars and they've survived and they've overcome. Those are important. You also need some cheerleaders in your life. You need some people that love you, that believe in you, that want you to be successful unabashedly. And then finally, you need some friends. Mm-hmm. You need some people you can lean on, some people you can get real with and talk about the things that are on your head or in your heart, your dreams, your goals, your frustrations and your irritations. And so those four people, again, you need coaches. You need mentors, you need cheerleaders, and you need friends. And I'll go a step further and say, not only do you need those four in your life, you need to be one of those four in the lives of others. Amen. And I, I'm really glad you brought it back full circle because I know you said that you've not read the book, right? It didn't sound no, like you had read it. Okay. So the part that I didn't share yet, and I, it's almost as if I gave you that tennis and you just, that ball, you hit it right back. That we need to be the who's for people as well. That's a part of the book I haven't shared with you yet. So way to just jump right in there and do that. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We are who's for other people as well. And I really appreciate that you're willing to make those connections, like you said, and then just walk away. You know, um, the other thing I think is really impactful that you mentioned, Chris, is that you, you used the past tense a lot. Like when you're talking about your great grandmother or your grandmother, excuse me. Um, I don't know if she's still with us. I'm presu- okay. So I appreciate that you're recognizing that who's come and go in our lives, but the yeah. impact that they make never really does go away. That's you know? Right. So, yeah. and that's the same thing with us. We oftentimes are who's for people. Sometimes we don't even realize that we are that. And the impact that we're making, we might not be aware of that at the moment. We may never find out about that, but that ripple effect still took place. So continue to do what you know is right in the lives of people who you surround. No, I completely agree. And especially in this coaching realm, you know, Paul Harvey was a, a had an amazing voice. He was a uh, back in the day, a radio person and, and just he had an incredible, powerful voice. Makes me sound like Michael Jackson, I think. But hard but, to but believe. He, he would say <laughs> he always had this thing called, and now the rest of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And he would be able to give the conclusion. Well, as coaches, guess what? We don't get the conclusion. We may not get the chance to see that finished product. And it's a lot like cooking a dinner and never getting a chance to eat it. You, you don't ever get to experience that, but you do get to experience the joy of cooking, right? And just like yep. we get to experience the joy of coaching. So don't get caught up in the end result. Get caught up in right here, right now, giving people information and giving them connection they've never had. So many people feel when they're talking about their finances that they're going to be judged. So many people are ashamed. They've got guilt, they've got cynicism, and they've got shame over Mm -hmm. what they have or haven't done with the money. 
So what we have to do as coaches is to break down that barrier. So people understand when you come see us, you're not coming in to get judged. You're coming in to get helped. You're coming in to get some guidance, right? And so people, coaches need to understand that there's some trepidation on, on the side of others because no one wants the light shined on their mistake. No one wants that to happen. And too often times they feel like it's going to happen. So when you meet them with encouragement, you meet them with love, you meet them with kindness, what happens is, is now that brick wall gets to come down a little bit and now they can start to open up and share with you so you can collaborate together to help them fix their issue. Mm -hmm. That's, that's super, super important. Um, I can't tell you how many times, Chris, that I've had someone tell me that when they, you know, when, when they step into a conversation with me, they always say like, you know, I was really nervous about today because I didn't want to get yelled at or, you know, have someone tell me all the things I was doing wrong or stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that way. And especially with this area, you know, like Mm -hmm. just because it's such a, it's like a taboo subject and it's very, very personal for a lot of people. And, you know, they don't want to feel like they're, you know, being talked down on. Um, so if you have that kind of approach to where it's like, Hey, like you're there to help first and foremost, you're not there to break people down. You're there to lift people up. People really appreciate that. I've been told that several times from clients that I've worked with, you know, we're like halfway through our coaching program or whatever. And, you know, they'll, they'll just say like, Hey man, like, I just want to say, I really appreciate you not just telling me all the things I did wrong yes, and making me feel like crap, you know, like you were always there and you were very forward thinking and very like, Hey, like this is the situation. Let's just move forward. You know, no judgment. People really appreciate that. Um, you know, there's, there's videos out there on Instagram and TikTok of these people just ripping into people. And while it's, while it's entertaining and it's like thought provoking and it's, you know, it's, it hits that dopamine rush for people, you know, like people love that kind of stuff because they just love seeing people get ripped into each other. Hello, you know, uh, reality TV, but at the same time, it's really causing uh, a damage to the financial coaching um, industry because it's setting that kind of, uh, it's setting that kind of preface, you know what I mean? And, and the good coaches out there, the ones who make a real impact, they're not doing any of that kind of stuff. They're there to help. Yeah. They're there to, you know, solve the problems and they're, they're there to guide, you know, they so really I are. Really, really, and I would encourage point. your coaches to let the, the prospective client know that on the front end, you know, let them know this is a judgment free zone. My goal is to help guide you, right? My goal is to help you not, not to try to put you down or make you feel bad. And, mm-hmm. and again, just saying that because you're right, people have that feeling. Um, and, and they've probably dealt with, you know, some judgment in other places. So they're, they're, they're hesitant, right? And so if they know where you're coming from and the heart you have with it, it can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So you're saying that we should be the planet fitness of financial coaches. No judgment, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it, Cody. I, I, by the way, we are not sponsoring planet fitness by any means. So you guys know. So I'll tell you what, if you want to practice your coaching skills, try teaching a teenager how to drive. Yes. hundred percent that I told you I was older than you thought. Uh, I'm teaching my second teenager how to drive right now. And when you 
when you have to be in the seat, now your life is in the same predicament as the life of the person driving that car, right? That is a little bit different than coaching. It's a little, it's a little more scary than coaching because when you're coaching, it's like whatever, whatever they decisions they make, it affects them, but it doesn't actually affect you unless, unless you're teaching someone how to drive and then their decisions, good, bad, or otherwise will probably have the same effect on you. But what I've learned is that as I'm coaching this, my daughter through this, and that's what it is. I'm not teaching her. I am utilizing coaching skills and I'm recognizing I know this road better than she knows. So I know how many stop signs are up ahead. I know when the stop light's going to be there. I know that that light might turn to yellow. So I'm letting her know, keep an eye on the light. If it turns yellow before now, you're going to stop. If not, you have the right to go. So just all of those little things. But you, I can tell you that one time I rode with both daughters, the older one who drives, and the one who's learning and the one was in the back and she thinks she's, you know, big man on campus now. And so she was being a little bit more in your face, like Cody was talking about. Oh, well, that was kind of a, an abrupt, you know, lane change or whatever. And when we got back from that lesson, the one daughter was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I didn't do anything right. And it's just that reminder that, you know, what how we feed our clients mm-hmm. It's how they're going to feel. So if we stay on that, but doesn't mean that we're saying we're validating everything that they do because truth is truth, right? We need to be able to say what what is true, Uh, but it does, it it changes how we approach people. And so, so yeah, if you haven't had the opportunity to do that, listeners, I encourage you. And if you need a teenager to borrow, I've got one. (laughs) But no, you're right. It is so important to make sure that you as the coach are in control of the tone of your session. Yes. And you do want to make sure that that session ends on some positive, some encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to let your coaches know this and I want them to sit with it for a minute and you might even want to rewind this and let this play again because you need to hear it a lot. Uh, But the encouragement you give people in this area of finances uh, the praise that you give them might be the first time they've ever received it. Mm. They may not have been praised before as they deal with this. So find something to praise your client about. Find something to help them feel encouraged so they understand that you not only heard them, but you saw them for the first time. And they know that they, they have the ability with you to be able to lock arms and walk this path but definitely speak words of encouragement because it's needed in this day and time more than ever. Yeah. Chris, I don't think they're just going to rewind the last two minutes. I think that people are going to replay this episode over and over because there were so many amazing pieces of info and insight and laughter that we were able to add to this. So I just want to say thank you so much for being willing to come on here with us today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you all. It's an honor. Uh, I'm excited for all the people out there uh, that are starting in this coaching realm. Uh, you will have doubt in the back of your head about who are you to help. Uh, and I just want you to shove that doubt down. Uh, and you are that firefighter. You are that person that can guide people. Even if all you do is sit with them and get a chance to hear them out, right? You're doing more than anyone else has done for them. And so you've got an opportunity to reach out and really meet people right where they are and let them know it's going to be okay. That even in the midst of that tough situation, you're not done yet. Where you are right now is not the end. It's the start point of this new beginning. 
And so you've got an opportunity to impact so many lives. So please get out there. Please don't let doubt get in the way. Please don't let Satan whisper in your ear and tell you you're not worthy because you are. Because I do know this, that there are people out there that are going to get help because of you coaches. There are people out there that are going to get some guidance, get some fresh air, and maybe get a new lease on life because they had a conversation with you. So please go big, be bold, be intentional, be goal-oriented as you get out there and let people know how you can help them. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Where can people find you? Yes. Well, you can find me on the socials, all of those, at Coach Hogan. Uh, you can go to CoachHogan.com. Uh, I've got a website there as well. Uh, and then also have a new thing coming up called Calix Coaching, uh, where we're coaching all types of people, business owners, leaders, financial coaches as well. So you've got those two places, CoachHogan.com and CalixCoaching.com. Now, we will make sure we put those in the show notes, but I'm curious, how do you spell Calix? C-A-L-Y-X. Okay. Does it? What the, does it mean? It's the protective, uh, the place, if you've seen, looked at a flower, you've uh-huh. got the flower bud, but the protective covering of the flower. Um, and that's the bottom, the, the, the base of it. And so that's what I see coaching as. It's a protective covering. For us to be able to guide people right where they are and help them get on a new path. I knew there was something fancy in there. (laughs) I really appreciate that background and and the meaning behind it. Thank you. Yes. You guys, thank you so much. Please keep up the great work. Uh, Keep guiding your coaches. Keep giving them the information they need and the encouragement they need just to get out there. Right. Uh, People are hurting nowadays. And we've Mm -hmm. all seen with what's going on with the economy and everything. You and I know, regardless of who's in the White House, it ain't got nothing to do with what's going on in your house. You've got to have a plan for you. You need a spending plan. You need a debt reduction plan. You need an emergency saving plan. And you need a future savings plan. So you stay focused on what's going on in your house and get the right guidance and the right people in your corner. And we can all get through this. Absolutely, man. Man, (laughs) thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Uh, This was a lot of fun. A lot of fun for me. I know it was a lot of fun for Maria. Hopefully it was a lot of fun for you too. And I, I know that our, our uh, listeners appreciate it as well. So Fantastic. Thank, you, thank you all. <laughs> no problem. Alrighty guys. Well, thank you guys for listening today for our 100th episode. And uh, thank you for giving Chris such a uh, warm welcome as well. Uh, hopefully we will see more of him in the future. Who knows? We, we don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but whatever Chris has got going on, we always just wish him the best of luck and uh, all of the uh, success in the world, man. So thank you, my friend. Yep. No problem. Thank you, Chris. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.